Welcome to Technical Talkout, a combat sports podcast that goes over the latest events, news, rumors, breakdowns, dream matchups, and so much more. Join us as we nerd out about our favorite combat sports, boxing, MMA, and competitive grappling. And we're live. We are live. We're live. All right, Bruce Beaterver. <laughs> so what do we got up on the lineup today? Uh, we've got quite a few different things. I sent you the list of our talking points. We don't have it's we're coming to the eerie the end of the year and we're not really we have like a little bit left, but the beginning of 2021, which we'll get to later, is gonna be really good. But let's start with the UFC two fifty six. Let's go for it. Do you want to start? Uh, what do you want to start? You want to start Tisha Torres versus Sam Hughes, which all I know is Tisha Torres. Um, or do you want to start with Mackenzie Dern versus some lady named Verna, which I'm pretty sure Mackenzie's going to destroy her. <clears throat> got, here's, here's where it starts getting interesting. Cub Swanson versus Pineda, Daniel Pineda. Yeah, that's going to be the the main card on the or the main fight on the early on the prelims. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the dreams on there on the early prelims. Chase Hooper. Yeah, he, AKA, he actually he, he opens up uh, and he's a huge favorite. He's a plus 800 favorite or something. Oh, the odds aren't updated on the UFC's website. But yeah, I, I think Ben Askren Jr. is going to do well. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because in my DraftKings, I actually chose against him. Well, we've got Hinata Moicano and Rafael Fiziev. Now, Fiziev, I'm not too familiar with Fiziev. Is he the, uh, who is Fiziev? Do you know anything about Fiziev? I don't. I'm trying to look up, god damn it. I'm trying to look is, some stuff up now. Is he the guy that bends? Like, um, have you seen those YouTube highlights when somebody throws a kick? He's the guy that dodges it by bending out of the way, looking like he's a 90 degree angle. Yes, I think that's him. He like completely just leans back and misses the kick. Okay, so we're safe to assume that his striking might be on point since that was a yeah. kickboxing match, okay? Um, um, yeah, he, he took that fight from Mark Diakisi. Mark Diakis, Mark Diakisi. Diakisi, yeah, which is a, a, another good striker. He's a good striker, yeah. Yeah. So he took that decision from him. Um, but... Yeah, other than that, that was his biggest fight. So Moicano's going to be his biggest fight to date. Yeah, it sounds like Moicano might be an underdog in this, though. Um, I'm not seeing the odds anywhere, but yeah, this is going to be a good fight. I mean, I, I like Moicano's chances. Me too. I mean, he could. he could. I don't know how good Fiziev's ground game is, but it looks like his whole record has been just really like terrible wins by striking. Like, he's just hurt people. Okay. And yeah. he's got he's got some win like he's got wins by a lot of different things, which is he's got a big a good Muay Thai record. Mm-hmm. But like he's got a knockout by flying knee. He's got head kick and punches, a body kick knockout. Oh wow, okay. Spinning back kick and punches knockout. So or he's very that's how diverse. He, that's how he got knocked out, I'm sorry. Oh. Okay. But other yeah, other than that, he's still very diverse. Yeah, very diverse. Okay. I, I'm I'm very intrigued because I like uh I like Moicano. Um I think moving up to 55 might have been a better move for him just based on his size. He, he looks mm-hmm. like he's a big fella. Um, I mean, he took Ortega really deep. He almost won that fight, as a matter of fact, and then he got caught with the guillotine. But uh, I like Moicano in that fight. He beat Calvin Cater. Yeah, he did. He's got a win over Calvin Cater. Uh, he's got a win over Jeremy Stevens. I mean, he's got some good wins. Oh, yeah. No, he's he's good, man. He's good. And then he he popped out at 45. I think he lost to uh Jose Aldo, right? Down in and then uh, Jung. Mm-hmm. And that was it. After that, he was like, I'm going up. And then the first the first fight they gave him at uh, at lightweight, he was very angry. Do you remember that? Uh-uh. He ended up stopping the guy in like maybe within two minutes, three minutes. Oh. And is that is that when the guy was like uh He's like, uh, Moicano was like, I wanted to fight more. I wanted to fight more. And the guy's yeah, like, well, yeah. you submitted me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was exactly that one. And so Moicano was upset also because he was like, you know, how dare the UFC give me somebody like this? You know, like this, this guy's not ready for me. You know, I've, I've got some wins at 45 and they're giving me this guy. So give me more of a challenge. And I was like, yeah, he was pretty fired up after that. Wow. <clears throat> this will be his second fight of 2020. 
I mean, yeah. considering some people have already have five, like this is his second. Yeah. So he's taking a little bit of a break. And it's not like he needed to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he won that one so quickly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so we have Moicano versus Fiziev, which will be a pretty good fight. Mm-hmm. Swanson versus Daniel Pineda. I always enjoy watching Cub Swanson fight. I don't care who he's fighting. Me too. I, I love watching Cub fight, man. I, I hope he comes out and brings it. Uh, I know Pineda's a little bit older too. Pineda's coming off of that win from uh, Herbert Burns. Gilbert's brother and uh, oh yeah, I I enjoyed watching that. Yeah, and he was he he was right there with the grappling too with uh with Herbert. I, mean, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, and he was putting it on him, and that was like three rounds of just abuse. Um, so I mean, and Pineda's what 36, 37 years old too. He's he's pretty up there in age, I believe. But let me see. Uh, he is 35, 35. So he's up there in age, getting a late start in the UFC roster. Um, definitely has something to prove. And, and Swanson is that guy that has a name that you could potentially pull it off. And I say that because he's coming off of a, a major ACL surgery. Remember, uh, yeah. Cub ended up tearing up his knee, uh, in the grappling competition. Oh, did he? Yeah, do you remember that? It was a uh, seven, eight months ago. It was right before COVID. He had uh, it. It was a. Uh, it was like the three on three grappling, and who was it? I cannot remember for the life of me who he ended up tearing his knee up against. And it was it was an accident. Like he had like uh, he was playing. It looked like I don't know, like De La Hiva or something, and he ended up moving the wrong way and ended up tearing his knee up because of that. Mm, I I I faintly remember this, but. Yeah. Um, well, MMA wise, he's coming off of a win, but prior to that, he had four straight losses. Yeah, his win was against uh, another. Yeah, Kron. Yeah. That, that was a good fight, man. They both. That was. Yeah. <clears throat> that was that was pretty impressive of Kron. He took all that punishment for those three rounds. Man, just kept coming forward. Yeah, I'm surprised Cub didn't stop him. Yeah, you know, you know why, man? Because because uh, good old Hickson would have told him. My guy, your last name is no longer Gracie. <laughs> if he would have got stopped in there. Yeah. Uh, I think this will be a good fight. I mean, Cub always brings it. I, and I, I bet this Pineda guy brings it too. I, I don't remember too much of him, but I remember that Herbert Burns fight and I mm-hmm. really enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's two guys that are very aggressive that have good ground games. So uh, hopefully they put on the show, man. Do you, hey, do you know anything about the next, the next fight that is uh, opening up the main card? Uh, JDS and Cyril Gan. Do you know anything about Cyril Gan? I'm looking him up right now. He's undefeated. He's six and zero. Um, he's a dude. He's got he's, a win by heel hook. Yeah, heel hook. Knock. He does jumping knees. A lot of jumping switch knees. He's very. I mean, he's, got a, he's undefeated in Muay Thai with seven wins. Yeah, dude, he's very creative on his feet, and he so is this, shredded. This could be a dangerous fight for JDS, but at the same time. This could also be a JDS win. Yeah, like, you know, a veteran, a veteran type win. You know, he takes him down and he just submits him. That's a, it's kind of what I was thinking too. And I, I would like I don't even think that. I think it could be legitimately a JDS like stoppage knockout. You know, the fun, the last time I picked against JDS, I lost. So I'll pick JDS this time around. Yeah, I mean, he's he's on a three fight losing streak, but. It was Nganu, Blades, and Rosenstroik. Mm-hmm. Like, those are not losses, like, to nobodies. Oh, no, those, those, all those guys, I think, are in the top five? <laughs> yeah, then his last three wins before that were Blagoj Ivanov, Tai Tuivasa, and Derek Lewis. Which, which are all in the top five. <laughs> yeah. And then before that winning streak, he, his last loss was to Stipe. So it's, he's still competitive in the heavyweight division, and it kind of goes to my point of the heavyweight and light heavyweight division not being that deep. No, absolutely. I completely agree. Actually, didn't, did JDS lose his last fight? Mm, I think so. Let me pull that up again. Uh, JDS, uh, his last fight is a loss. Yeah. The Rosenstrike. Okay. I'm going to go. I'm actually going to go. Uh, I'm going to go. <laughs> Because I picked JDS to win that last fight. So I'm going to go and pick Cyril Gone. I'm going to say Cyril Gone by TKO. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with that same one too. Yeah. 
have you seen have you seen Cyril Gunn, by the way? Yeah, he's huge. Dude, he looks like he looks like a prospect. He looks like a legitimate prospect. And automatically he gets his name thrown into the top ten if he beats JDS. What's crazy is JDS has been fighting in the UFC since um, October of 2008 when he knocked out Fabricio Verdum. Yeah, I remember that. I remember you met him a few months after that, didn't you? Yeah, and he didn't speak any English. And then later, like now he speaks perfect English. He's really taken to it. Absolutely, man. I'm always a a fan of his. I I love JDS and, you know, I hope I hope it is a good stoppage. Right. Like where he's safe and stuff and it's not contested. And I hope if it is a stoppage, I hope he hangs up the gloves, man. Yeah, I mean, he's getting up there. And how much more does he need to fight? You know, and it's you've hey, you've you've made a name. You're you're now going to be 38, 39 years old. You know, unfortunately, you're just not as his his thing His he was fast. Remember how fast he was for a heavyweight? And unfortunately, it's just age has caught up to that fella. Yeah, I mean, he he's he put a lot on his body in those 12 years. Oh, yeah, man. Some of the wars that he was into. Oh, my God. Yeah, with Kane, those were. Oh, man. Do, do you remember? Was it? I'm trying to think. Was it Stipe versus? No, they only fought twice, right? And Stipe knocked him out both times. No, the first one, GDS f- took him in a decision. Oh, that's the one. That that is one of those fights that ended up taking some years off of his life too, because that was a. Remember how close that decision was. Yeah, but there were there were moments in there where I was so surprised because like JDS took down Stipe a few times. Mm-hmm. And that that was Stipe probably what three or four fights in. Yeah, I mean this was in 2014, so Stipe this this was like early in his career. Mm-hmm. So it was a little. It's when he used to come out wearing the crow cop shorts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I actually thought he was really like a full on Croatian. I didn't know he was. Hey, 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 O-H-I-O. Yeah. I didn't know he was. <laughs> he was fluent. Yeah. yeah. He's got, he, he's been fighting in the, so he was about his third year when he fought JDS. Mm-hmm. And that was his second loss in the UFC. And then his third loss was Daniel Cormier. So, wow. I mean, no, we're not talking about Stipe here, but that was just impressive. Yeah. No, absolutely, man. But I mean, JD back to JDS. I think, I think JDS upsets, and I think he takes us. Okay. I mean, at heavyweight, anyone can knock anyone out. That's kind of, of the, <clears throat> the power, craziest thing. Power is always the last thing to go. Yeah. Um. So now we move on to the next fight, which is very interesting: Kevin Holland versus Jacare. I get excited for this one. I'm like I mean, really Kevin excited. Holland, I know. He is definitely a prospect. That guy has looked, he has looked good in all his fights. His first fight in the UFC, he fought Tiago Santos on a short notice fight. I mean, I think he, it was like two weeks, two weeks notice, right? And yeah. he ended up losing a decision mm-hmm. to Santos. And, uh, and he, he hit Santos with some big shots. He got hit with big shots. Um, it was a very entertaining fight for somebody that had taken a fight in two weeks. And after that, I mean, uh, I, I think I saw his fight against, was it uh, Anton Merrifield? No, no, no. Who, who was the guy with the crazy kick? Uh, I don't remember. The, you, know, you know, the kick of the year, that guy. The one who's, who, caught the, who had this kick, kick yes, caught? Yes. Spun. Yeah. That fight that Kevin Holland had against him made me go, oh, this guy's really entertaining. And I'll fight. Was it Joe Keen Buckley? Yes, yes. Joe Keen Buckley. Yeah. And uh, and he was talking to Joaquin. Joaquin hit him with a, a good shot in the first round. Uh, Kevin Holland kind of shook it off. I think he had like some leg injury during that fight or uh, prior to that fight, he was saying. And then uh, and he was he was giving it to him, man. He was he was giving it to him. I think he knocked him out or, or stopped him in the second. Was it the second or third? He hit him with a straight and just dropped him, fell flat on his ass. The third. Yeah, the third. But uh, that's that opened my eyes to Kevin Holland. And I was like, OK, I, I like this guy. Uh, he, that he, he doesn't have a lot of like wins. Notable so, I mean, he wins. has a lot of wins. I mean, the mo- the biggest name I see here in his UFC, other than Tiago Santos, is Gerald Mearshart. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, we'll see how he does against Jacare. So Jacare is going to be his biggest named opponent to date. Yeah, and I mean, if he if he if he gets Jacare right, Jacare could win this very easily. 
if Jacare is the same Jacare that has the game plan of, hey, I'm going to take you down because there's not many people in the world that can get up from underneath my top game and can walk away without getting submitted. And if he could stick to that, then he's going to walk away with a pretty easy victory. Yeah, I mean, Jacare, his last two fights were losses, both by decision. Mm -hmm. Then before that, he won, he knocked out Chris Weidman. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he hasn't taken a ton of punishment. No, the problem is, is like, remember how, remember how he used to just, as soon as the fight started, he would throw a punch and then he would just shoot in for a takedown. Yeah. And then nine out of 10 times, he would just submit whoever is underneath. Like he's gotten away with that or he's gotten away from that and fallen more in love with his striking. Um, And I think we started seeing that in the Robert Whitaker fight. Mm -hmm. And then he ended up getting clipped by Whitaker. And uh, and from there, he was on roller skates the whole rest of the fight. And Whitaker had him drop like two or three times. But he should have went back and, and, and went back to that same game plan that he always does. And it, it just, when you're that good, you should just use it to your advantage as best as possible. Like Damian Maya, right? Yeah, Damian Maya's never left that. He's never left his uh, striking or his no, uh, no. grab. Not at all, man. Not at all. And, it, you know? He gets in trouble when it comes to strikers and guys that know how to defend a takedown. But for the most part, that's like the upper echelon of guys. And maybe Kevin Holland is one of those upper echelon kind of guys. We we won't know until maybe Saturday night. Or maybe he's just another run of the mill guy, you know, um, that's just that that's just not quite ready. You know, he's been training. I guess he went down to AKA and he's been training over uh, with Daniel Cormier and the crew. Um, in preparation of the, of the grappling, he said what, one of the things that he had said, I don't know who he's talking about. I wonder if he's talking about Buchecha, but he said, Oh yeah. Uh, my grappling coach actually has a very similar style, um, as, uh, as Jacques Array and, uh, and I, I might be able to, uh, I might be able to handle it. So I was like, okay, well, that's um, interesting. Surprisingly, he's actually a black belt in jujitsu and a Travis Luter. Travis Luter, huh? Yeah. Wow. He trains out of a uh, Phoenix or Phalanx MMA Academy mm-hmm. at Riverside. Yeah, he, uh, I guess he made a drive up to Gilroy and uh, it was training out there with DC. Yeah, I think this will be a good fight. This will definitely be a good test for him. It's a te- good test for both of them because mm-hmm. it shows Jacare can still compete against the young guys. Yeah, yeah. And then, or. It's Kevin Holland's like you beat Jacare. Yeah. Oh man. But you know, this could also be a coming out party too. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Jacare starts out slow and he's not prepared and it, Kevin Holland just blitzes him with something. Um, who knows, man, either way, I'm very excited for that fight. Uh, I'm a big Kevin Holland fan and looking forward to, uh, I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah. I think it'll be, I'll be a fun fight. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. So uh, on the next fight, so we have two good fights to start the card off with. Mm-hmm. Uh, fights that I don't think will make it to a decision. Uh, well, then we have Mackenzie Dern versus Virna Yanidaroba. Yeah, I don't know her. <laughs> um, no disrespect to her. I'm sure she's incredible. She she only has one loss to Carla Sparza. But she's submitted Mallory Martin. She submitted Felice Herrig in twenty in August twenty twenty. So she's got some. She her her move is definitely submission. Hmm, so okay. this could be an interesting fight because she's going against arguably the greatest female grappler in the UFC's roster right now, Mackenzie Dern. Yeah. So neither of them. I mean, from what I can see, neither of them are great strikers. I mean, I never thought Mackenzie Dern had great striking. I can't speak to the striking of Virna, but the, this is going to be a like a good. It could be a good grappling match, or it could just be like a boring stand-up fight. Boring stand-up fight, or it could be Mackenzie Dern really making a stance on her dominance in grappling, like. Yeah. Look how good of a grappler she was, and I submitted her. I would, I would love to see something like that. And Mackenzie's very capable of doing something like that. She's, she's the Michael Jordan of female grappling. 
Uh, so then would Gabby Garcia be the Shaq? <laughs> yes, yes. Gabby Garcia would be the Shaq or she would be <laughs> the Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of the one person that's listening to this is probably like, uh, I can't, I can't. <laughs> he just compared, he just compared Gabby Garcia to Shaq and he just compared uh, Mackenzie Dern to Michael Jordan. Yes. Either somebody's going to be upset about the basketball reference or they're going to be upset like, no, Mackenzie Dern isn't that good. Yeah. <laughs> Someone um, may be upset. I think, I think, I think Dern wins. I think she wins a decision. Um, an ugly decision, but a decision. I think, it, I think you're right. I think it'll be a boring decision. I think Mackenzie Dern will outgrapple her, but I think it'll be a boring, just Mackenzie Dern will have the position the entire fight. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. It'll be the position or, or it'll just be somebody's moving backwards and somebody's moving forward, throwing one or two punches. And that's, that's how we're doing it. Whoever's, whoever's dictating the movement of the other fighter is going yeah, to like be an ugly to- leg kick here and there. Yeah. Yeah. A sloppy overhand that might connect and, and make the judges go. Okay. So, but yeah, I, I would love to probably be just kind of like tie up against the cage. Like yeah. they're going to, they're going to oh, clinch yeah. and go against the cage. Foot stomps. If you're a foot stomp yeah. person, I'd probably say you should change the channel. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess this isn't going to be... This is going to be the middle fight, so... I would, then, love, I would the, love to be wrong about that, though. I would love for nothing more than Mackenzie to come out with, like, a flying triangle, something ridiculous, uh, a R into a heel hook, like, right out the gate, something... I mean, I think it'd be just great if she came out, got her down, dominated her, took her back, and choked her out. Yeah, okay. That would yeah. just show how good her grappling is above somebody who's a good grappler. Yeah, she's like, she's like, guys, come on. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, okay, uh, so what What I did was... <sighs> but yeah, yeah, Dern... Okay, so we both agree Dern wins. I agree Dern wins, yeah. You and I both agree on that. Cool, cool. And then next we have what could be an extremely exciting fight, Ferguson Oliveira. This is the, I think this is definitely a time where we could see Tony Ferguson get submitted. It's definitely possible. That's the thing is like, Tony has never, he's submitted some good guys, but I've never, like, Dubronx is on another level. So one of the things that New Bronx reminds me, uh, one of the ways that the Bronx reminds me of Tony Ferguson is in his length. Yeah. They're both wiry kind of guys. Tony Ferguson's six foot and New Bronx is five ten. Mm-hmm. So they're both lengthy. What's their uh, what's their what's their reach? Uh, Ferguson seventy six and a half, and Dubronk seventy four. So they're both got fairly long reach. Yeah, yeah. Division. So they're both very lengthy. Mm-hmm. Somebody's getting hit with an elbow. If anyone gets hit with an elbow, it's going to be Dubronx. Yeah, Ferguson throws those things. Yeah, he's going to throw because I think he's going to have to work his way into the inside. Um, mm-hmm. but. Taking Dubronx down, though, man. Just imagine if he gets Dubronx down and Dubronx has like a butterfly hook. How often, though, do we really see Tony Ferguson go for takedowns? That's true. He was taken down and kind of controlled by Kevin Lee. Until he got that triangle. Yeah. And he had, he had the opportunity to do it against Justin, but he didn't. So Yeah. He went, he like, like Eddie Bravo said, maybe try an Iminari roll. Yeah. yeah. He tells him that in between. He's like, fuck, I, I don't know, dude. Do an Iminari roll. Yeah. yeah. And then as you're at home watching, you're like, what? Like, that's your, your, your guidance, your coaching. Yeah. Maybe try an Iminari roll. Yeah. <laughs> poor, poor Eddie Bravo, put on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Was, he's just like, whatever, try something. Yeah. But damn. Yeah. So, um, Hmm. Does Tony lose two in a row? Uh, I don't know because we've never seen Tony lose two in a row. His last loss before Gaethje was Michael Johnson in 2012. Yeah, it was like a 12-fight win streak before that. It was something ridiculous. And like over the best of the best. Yeah. Which is, yeah. And he submitted a lot of them too. Mm-hmm. 
I agree. Yeah. Mm. Kevin Lee, Lando Venata, Edson Barboza, Gleason Tebow, which I'm surprised he submitted him. All right. Let, then, let, oh, sorry. Go ahead. And no, that was just going on with that. Yeah, I was going to say, let's let's talk about Dubronx's losses. Very few. Right. But his losses, I feel, have come by the way of the submission. Um, yeah, surprisingly. He's, so I remember he got submitted by Jim Miller long ago when he was a purple belt. Yeah, then he got submitted by uh, by Anthony Pettis. Pettis got him with a guillotine, mm-hmm. and then so did Ricardo Lamas the next fight. So he lost two in a row, by both by guillotine. Then he lost to Paul Felder by elbows in 2017. And then from there, he's only won. And he's finished all of his fights. So he's on a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven-fight win streak. All finishes. So, I guess my question would be: Does does Tony Ferguson's jujitsu and offensive grappling negate the rise or the change in the game that Dubronx has? I don't know. That's the hard part because Dubronx is. He, how would I put this? His striking is very, I would say, like wild. It used to be more wild, but now he's he's like refined it. Oh, he. So I, I, so regarding his striking, I love his tie style striking. The the, the Brazilian mm-hmm. aggressive tie style where he's got his hands held up high. Yeah, and, yeah. He throws a lot of kicks because he wasn't worried about the ground. Mm-hmm. But Tony Ferguson is a different person. I I don't know. I mean. Tony could outwork him and just make him quit. That's, you know what? That's a big difference right there. Because Tony Ferguson doesn't have to worry about the power like Gaethje has, right? Nor does he have to, he couldn't him. nor does he have to worry about the cardio running low. Yeah. I mean, if anyone has the cardio problem, it could be Oliveira trying to make weight. Yes. So, which he hasn't missed weight since he went up to 55. He hasn't missed weight since, since 2018. He missed, he missed weight once at 55 with against Ricardo Lamas. And that was it. But yeah, ever since then, he's made weight every fight. So I don't know why Tony Ferguson would just say something like that, which makes me think he's, he's a little bit rattled. He's you know, worried about losing to the Bronx. It could be, man. Could be, or, or maybe just one of those things where he just, he's pissed because he cuts the weight again and it's for nothing. But I, I, the Bronx is somebody that could upset him. I oh yeah, way for sure. Um and I I I I think it's going to be a nasty decision. And when I, when I say nasty decision, it's going to be we're going to want uh two more rounds. I hmm, I don't think so. I think whoever wins is going to win it decisively. Okay. And I think Tony Ferguson is going to get a third round submission. I think he is going to put the pressure on him. I don't think he's going to worry too much about Oliveira's ground game. I would love to see Oliveira versus Nate Diaz. You know what would be an amazing thing? If, uh, if for whatever reason, Fergie was down to two rounds, like two big rounds to none. Right. Mm-hmm. And then going into the third round, he knows the pressure's on, but he could feel the Bronx breaking. And so he just goes balls to the wall. I mean, we've never seen Tony Ferguson not do that i mean other than the gaichi fight which uh, he he couldn't get close to gaichi you know mm-hmm. gaichi would either pop him with a really big punch or he'd hit him with a leg kick so mm-hmm. like that was the only time we've ever seen tony ferguson neutralized hmm. yeah i'm gonna go uh i'm gonna go uh ferguson because he's been at the top longer i think so too I think he he's faced a lot more competition as well, like in that level. Yeah, that, that veteranship is going to show that night. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think I think it's going to be a good fight, and I think there's definitely a chance either wins. I just I'm leaning with Tony, and I think Tony finishes him. With, I think he submits him. I think he hits him with a Dars. Okay, that'd be fun to watch. <laughs> because Oliveira has been his submission losses have come via you know, choke. Next, yeah. yeah, yeah, choke. So. Mm-hmm. Maybe, he might be in his neck open. Yeah, maybe he gets exhausted. He gets exhausted and he shoots in. That could be. That could be very well what happens. Yeah. 
but I think it'll be a good fight. So Tony, I mean, both these guys never put on boring fights. No, not and at all. Yeah. This will be good for Du Bronx because he kind of has been flying really quietly under the radar. Yeah. He doesn't talk. Nobody knows who he is, but yet he's a killer. Oh my God. He's, he's got, he's still what? Maybe he's 31 now. Yeah. I mean, he's not that old. Yeah. And he's been doing this since he's like 19. He's 31. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think it's because we were talking about him last time. He came into the UFC in 2010. So he's now been fighting for a decade. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Very impressive. And he's only ever like fought the best. Like if you look at his record, just names on names on names, people that are recognizable. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's, but he's so tantalizing. Like when, when I say that, I mean, his striking is beautiful, right? It's very clean. It's, it's, it's cleaned up a lot, but he has knockout power and he could submit people. And I, I say that because both of those things at the top levels are very dangerous. And like, he belongs in there and we've got glimpses of it before, but for whatever reason, maybe it was mental, like mm-hmm. a men- mental piece. He'd always have a breakdown or something would happen and he would just give up in the fight. Like you could see him break at some point and maybe he's fixed that. Maybe he's now more mentally strong, but I think Tony's going to be the one that's going to really test that mental fortitude. Uh, yeah. I mean, Tony tests everybody's mental fortitude. Yeah. And, uh, and do Bronx, we'll, we'll find out. Cause if the Bronx doesn't break, if the Bronx doesn't break by like round two, then it could be a very interesting fight. Yeah. But I think it, it depends how he comes in shape. I mean, if he had a hard time making weight, mm-hmm. Tony could just drain him in the first round. Very true. He can just put that pressure. Tony Ferguson versus Nate Diaz would be a good one too. Oh Yeah. I don't think either guy would knock each other out, but they just consistently like move forward on each other yeah, and they try a bunch of shit. Those grappling exchanges would be so fun to watch. Yeah. They'd be rolling around like lizards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they'd get into a breakdance battle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we move on to the main event. We have Davison Figueroa. Figueroa. Oh, can I say Figueroa? Figueroa. You put no, some respect on that man's name, please. Hey, he's earned it. Yeah. Uh, he, I feel like he just fought. Yeah, he just fought <laughs> November twenty first. Yeah, a couple weeks ago, he won in two minutes. Guillotine them. Yep. That's the type yeah. of. Te- I, I think his upbringing is really, really interesting. I was listening to uh, one of his coaches, uh, Valid Valid Ismail, was talking about him, and he was saying this guy, this guy does not train or grow up with humans. He's living in the jungles, and. Evidently, he was like fucking wrestling water buffalo, and like since since his like since he was a child. Uh, it says here he was born to an extremely wealthy family his whole life, and just got into fighting not too long ago. Fucking Wikipedia. I'm just kidding. I, mean, <laughs> I know. I know. I, I, I know. <laughs> but yeah, he's one of those. Uh, he's one of those Amazonians with a story, like a just a different type of strength that's there. And you would yeah. think, you know, he, he missed weight. He missed weight against Benavidez, right? But ever since then, whatever hole that was, that was there, was been, it's been corrected. But I guess my only question mark for him is, what are you going to look like after five rounds? We haven't seen how he looks after five rounds. So if this fight, Moreno could be one of those durable guys that goes five rounds and could squeak out of a decision, right? I mean, as we see, Brandon Moreno's kind of a decision machine. Decision machine. He's a uh, he's incredibly durable. He plays the role of the underdog very, very well. He wears he's it. Got, he's his last fight. He won by TKO, but uh, then his last finish before that was 2019, and then it's just been a bunch of decisions. Yeah, I mean, like he does. He's not like Figueredo. Like Figueredo's last few fights have all been finishes. His mm-hmm. last not finished. Was July 27, 2019 against Alejandra, Alejandra Pantoja. Yeah, Pan- Pantoja. Pantoja. Yeah. The cannibal. <laughs> That's his nickname. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, I think uh, Figueredo walks through him. That's the, uh, that's the feeling I get too, just because I feel like he's a different cat. He's a, he's, I feel like, I feel like we'll kind of get to know him a little bit after this fight. 
and we'll start to understand how dominant this guy really is for that division. I mean, we have no... I mean, Benavides is number two, and he's already got two over Benavides. Like, that's that shows us division. How, yeah. He's kind of already beaten a lot of the division already. Oh, yeah, but then you got guys like Cody Garbrandt who want to come down. Yeah, who still come down. Then you have uh, Cejudo who could come back. Yeah, Cejudo... And I think I think that's what it is. Like the hope is that this guy really is going to be the win twenty five cash cow, right? Like a not necessarily a Demetrius Johnson because Demetrius Johnson was very entertaining to us and he was so technically sound that he just made it look easy and it wasn't it was never anything like spectacular outside of the the submission that he hit on um what's his name uh he just got cut by the UFC this uh not cyborg. I can't think of who it is, but he hit that. Remember, he took his he took his back, and he was taking him down. And as he was taking him down, he set he hit him uh, an hit arm, arm bar. Yeah, yeah. It, there was that one, and then there was the knockout of Joe Benavides. That was a, another one where they were caught in the middle of an exchange, and he just dropped them. But Davidson, Davidson looks like a destroyer, and more people are gravitated towards destroyers because of the fact that it's exciting. It's exciting to them. I think um he kind of reminds me of like a hen what's his name hen and brow hen and brow yeah i don't think he'll last long at the top 135 is a much more competitive division than 125 is yeah he's not gonna have a whole lot of competition at 25 so yeah i, I mean think, who's he got, what's think, his name again joseph benavides for a third time I think that I think the draw there is also with uh, with if he does take out Brandon Moreno like in, in spectacular fashion in March you're probably going to get a Cody Garbrandt matchup and then if he takes out Cody Garbrandt then you're going to have more people at 35 like TJ Dillashaw might come back down to 25 you're going to have more people that are going to want to jump to fight this guy and the 35 we know how deep the 35 pound division is. So now just imagine some of those guys going, you know what? I'm going to take my shot at thir- at 25 and uh, and see how I do. But I mean, you're never going to see Marlon Marais down there. But, you know, you could see maybe a, a, uh, I think Sanhagen's too big, but you, you're going to see a lot of tweeners that can actually get down to make that weight and, uh, and put on more fights for 25 because I, I like the 25-pound division. Um, there just isn't enough hype behind it. And I think this guy, I think Davison could be that hype guy. Let's talk about the releases recently. Yoel? Yoel. Is that where you're going to start or are you going to start with Rachel? Uh, either one. I mean, the <laughs> UFC kind of, I think Yoel, I can see because he hasn't won in a while. Yeah, he's. I think it came down to money with Yoel. Yeah, I mean, he's he's probably getting a big paycheck and he's like, and the UFC is like, well, we're not going to pay you because you're not winning. Like, yeah, he's like, he's and you like, had so many title shots. Yeah, and I'm sure they offered him a bunch of fights too. Mm-hmm. But he just didn't want to take them, maybe because the money wasn't work- looking good. But he's lost three in a row. He is, is it only probably, Yeah, you might be right. Might be longer, but he is the greatest middleweight to ever lose three fights in a row. Yeah, I mean. He's 43 now, but goddamn, like he's so good. Yeah. Yeah, he lost three in a row. His last his last win was a knockout over Rockhold. You know, so it's like <laughs> that's the dilemma. The guy's 43, the greatest fighter to ever lose three in a row, because you still think if he fought for the title, he might still have a shot. Like mm-hmm. because of the way he loses. Um it's crazy that Bellator doesn't want to sign him. Uh, PFL doesn't want to sign him. So I think he might end up going to, uh, to maybe uh, one, one FC. I thought I read somewhere that one doesn't want him. No, one doesn't want him neither. I, I thought I, I could, I, I thought I read that Bellator and one both like passed. Damn. You know, I, maybe I, his price tag is too high. high. Yeah. One, he's probably expensive. And two, he would probably wipe out their divisions and like kill any of their momentum. Yeah. I mean, you got Grigard who's riding on top of the world over in uh over in Bellator. Yeah, I mean, I mean outside of Gigard and maybe Lovato if he ever comes back, who's he gonna fight? A one one eighty five version of uh Diego Lima or a 
what's his name? Yeah, there's really no. There's re- yeah, there's really no. Oh, there's really no names that are sitting in Bellator. Like, a, and then one, they're one eighty-five division. Who who do they have? I don't even know. <laughs> there's probably a bunch of Russian dudes. Yeah. So if if he goes over there and just decimates their division and like runs that, that only shows how good the UFC's middleweight division is. And it kind of like hurts those guys, especially if they'll be paying a lot for them. Oh yeah. It's, you know, the same problem that they had with Phil Davis, with Ryan Bader, with, um, Mitrione, you know, but Ryan Bader left the UFC on a winning streak. I believe he did, but he almost helped, but he, but that fight that he won, his last fight was against Alir Latifi. And he almost got knocked out by Alir Latifi. Before, before you remember, uh, he ended up knocking out Latifi with a flying knee? Yeah. So No, he's, he's off of two wins. So he, he knocked out Latifi with a knee, uh-huh. and then he TKO'd Lil Nog. And then he went to Bellator. So his, his fight with Latifi, because I mean, Little Nog is. Little Nog, true story, Little Nog was 57 when he fought. Yeah. But um, Latifi, that fight was very competitive. It was very competitive, and then he ended up almost getting knocked out, because you know how he, there's, there's a time where like the overhand right will sometimes find uh, mm-hmm. his head, and he'll end up dancing on skates. Um, it's like every fight. Yeah. So he ended up, he ended, that ended up happening. And he was, he cleaned up the cobwebs and Latifi had shot in. And right when he shot in, I think it was after he got clipped, he shot in. And as he shot in, he got caught with a big knee, put him out. Yeah. Then he ended up, uh, then he, I guess he ended up beating little Nog, scrambling eggnog. I'm just kidding. No disrespect. Mm -hmm. No disrespect. You're rude. (laughs) But yeah, Yoel. Three, oh, and three. No notable wins in the last three years. Yeah, I don't think anyone wants to take that chance on him. Yeah. Because that's like, that's dangerous if you're trying to grow your middleweight division or even your light heavyweight division. To have like, a 43-year-old go in there and tear everybody up. Have a guy who's off of three UFC losses go in your division. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just clean it out. And you're like, oh shit. Well, there goes our steam. Yeah. Like, oh, well, and then he's going to be out because he's going to have to retire because he's old. Yeah. He's- um, let's see if I can find the list of fighters. Rachel. Yoel. Yeah, there's, Rachel. There's going to be some 60 fighters that are released. I think Tyron Woodley is going to be one of those. I mean, what is he on three fight losing streak? Like, but Tyron's like, also like um he's an analyst and so he is I don't think also, they would release him. But he also complains a lot too. He does. He is a complainer in he, terms of being a fighter. Yeah, and he's always complaining. He's always talking about I don't want to take this fight. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. So mm. I, I think he might be on the, the, the way out also. Yeah. Juicier Formiga was released last month. Um, I'm trying to find some other names that are notable. Yeah, I mean, it could have just been like a lot of the lower tiered guys. Well, Dana did but, say he's going to release some sixty. Uh, he said there's going to be. He said, "Trust me, there's going to be more cuts coming." Yeah, I mean. Yoel doesn't surprise. It does and it doesn't. Well, you know what the problem is? The, pro- the problem was COVID, man. Like, since COVID, there's been a lot of fighters that have shown Dana White, hey, look, I'm valuable. I may not carry a name, but I'm valuable because I'll take fights whenever you want me to. Right? And then there's mm-hmm. Yoel Romero who takes, like, one fight every year. So his, his stock value started dropping when some of these guys were taking, like, Chismayev. When Hasmat started taking fights at middleweight and and welterweight, and Kevin Holland started taking fights every two weeks, and Bobby Green started taking fights every month, like when these guys started taking fights, it just makes some of the fighters that like to take their time and fight once a year look really bad. And especially if you're coming off of three losses in a row, to sit and wait and not have a fight lined up for X amount of time, like that's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, completely. 
but yeah. I think Rachel Ostovich was kind of deserved. Yeah, she she lost three in a row too. I mean, Paige Van Zant like didn't like almost break her arm. She's I mean, she's got what one fight or one win in the UFC. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> she she's got one win in the UFC, which was in her last one was 2017. And then 18, 19, and 20, she only had one fight in each of those years, and she lost them all. So, I mean, you're, you're one in three out of four years. The UFC is going to let you go. Oh, yeah. It's very true. Like, it's, they don't care about your following. Yeah. I mean, Paige Van Zandt's barely hanging on in, t- in terms of being a fighter. Yeah, she's a bare-knuckle boxing, which I don't know. that. I mean, maybe she wanted to rehab her image and not be the the pretty girl that um, that, that got into fighting, you know? Like, but I'm seeing that, that. That story that she had about her uh-huh. high school, like, man, wow, did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the gangbang. I'm here for the gangbang. The gang rape? Yeah. The Rachel Ostevich is taking swipes at fans who say she should put it be, or that are trying to push her into an OnlyFans. There's no way. She's, she's too Christian. <laughs> I mean, she's like a scandalous outfit away from being an, on an OnlyFans. <laughs> I do not wish to comment on grounds which may incriminate me yeah i mean she it's not like she doesn't post scandalous stuff already as it is (laughs) yeah so i'm not trying to like i mean good for her if she does but it's an option act like you yeah it's not act like you weren't close you're not close to it as it is yeah it's it's an option is all i'm saying but i mean she could she's you know she could build her name somewhere else too she could she could go down to uh, to Bellator, and she could start building her name on some of their fighters that might be as uh, evenly skilled as she is. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. What weight does Elima fight at? Uh, Thirty five, I think. She's fighting okay. tonight, by the way. That's right. She's fighting uh, a somebody that nobody's gonna talk about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, she's, she's not gonna go up to forty five to fight Cyborg. So, no. <laughs> Nobody wants that smoke except for Amanda Nunes. Yeah. Uh, Maybe Shevchenko wants that smoke. I don't know. So that's a big. That's a big difference in the weight class. Yeah. I, I. Yeah. You're right. I don't even think Cyborg can make 35, and I don't think uh, Shevchenko would go up to 45. So, Rachel Ostovich, she she didn't completely turn down the idea of doing an OnlyFans. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> well, like she put, if I make one, it's because I want to on my terms, LOL, not because y'all asking for it. I do what I want when I want. Good for her. Meanwhile, she's probably in about a few months. She'll be like, hey, so I made an OnlyFans. Yeah. $17 a month. Hey, I mean, shit, if you get, I don't know how many, she has got about a million or she got 700,000 followers on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So if you got one percent of them to get onto your OnlyFans, what you're, is that? You're balling. Yeah. That's why is my math not working? Ten <laughs> percent would be seven thousand, so seven hundred. So if you had seven hundred people at, let's say she did fifteen to what? twenty, fifteen dollars, she'd be making an extra ten thousand five hundred a month. Sounds just like off a, the subscriptions, yeah. It sounds like a no-brainer to me, but I'm not her. <laughs> no, and she's got a daughter and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. So I'm just saying that's honestly, I'd support if people want to do that. It's mm-hmm. money, and if people are willing to pay money for whatever, just oh, take yeah. their money. And- of course, don't you know? Don't no need to yuck other people's yum. Yeah, I mean that's her thing. I mean the obviously fighting hasn't necessarily worked out for her, so. And I guarantee she's probably expensive. She probably is. Cons- like considering who she is and what she's done in the sport, her her contract probably called for a lot more than other people in her position. Probably. I mean, she's 
people like watching people tune in to watch her. Yeah. I mean, I thought she, I didn't know she wasn't that good. I mean, Paige, at least I thought had a decent career, but I mean, if she's going to go bare knuckle, that's a terrible idea. I agree. She should just do an OnlyFans too, make some extra money at that. Point. <laughs> uh, she gets angry at fans for for bringing that up. I, I mean, people have suggested just, her and Austin do it. Like, oh, you guys should do a OnlyFans. She's like, uh, uh-uh. uh. I mean, if the options, I mean, she's got probably a lot of options, but if it's between doing bare knuckle fighting and an OnlyFans, I would definitely do fucking bare knuckle, or I'd do the OnlyFans. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a, I mean. I'm not trying to like be mean or anything, but she just hasn't worked out as a fighter. I agree. I agree. And it's, uh, it's sad, but true. I mean, but I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pretty women that are coming up in mixed martial arts right now that, uh, that are making names for themselves too. Right. You got like Amanda Hibas mm-hmm. who's fighting, I think, uh, next month. She's fighting next month. Yeah. And she was, uh, Paige Van Zandt's last fight, she obviously armbarred Paige. Oh, dude, such a nice armbar, too. But here's the thing, is... That was by design, Am- by the way. Amanda Hebas and... Let's say, like, um, Ariane Lipsky, they're good. Oh, yeah. Even though, I mean, even like, though she lost her last fight, Lipsky lost her last fight, she's still to, really to, good. To, yeah. Yeah, they're good. And like and Amanda Hibas is just good. She happens to be pretty as well, but she's good. Yeah. Unlike Paige, who is pretty, but she's not that good. She's like, okay. you <laughs> can't like compare the two. No, not like, at all. So I, I don't, I mean, doing bare knuckle just seems like a cop out. Like I still want to fight. I can't fight at the highest level. So maybe I'll do this dumb version of boxing and honestly i think it's dumb i think bare knuckle stupid i i agree good for, good for the fighters who do it and make their money because uh, make your money however you need to but i think the whole concept of it is dumb and dangerous yeah i think it's kind of funny but uh there's fans that are always going to watch it like i tried watching the kendall grove fight i couldn't find it but yeah. it's just it almost seems like it's like you got phil baroni that's still still there so when when yeah, Phil I mean, Brony is like the most put him out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I heard a funny story recently about Phil Baroni. So somebody was talking trash to Phil and uh online and he was talking trash to somebody and they were going back and forth, and then somebody said, Aren't you the same guy that Nick Diaz triangled in the bathroom in New York? And you know his <laughs> response was? What? Wait, that was Nick Diaz? <laughs> that's definitely a phil baroni thing to say yeah but i i I legitimately think the story's real (laughs) he might have been so drunk that he started fucking with somebody thinking that he and all of a sudden fucking nate diaz or nick diaz and he triangles up he didn't even know who it was in the bathroom (laughs) yeah yeah that's funny yeah so I share that little bit of information. So let's move on. So do you think Francis could be the next one for Stipe? He's got to be. It's got to be in March. Um, whether or not his head's going to be, whether or not Stipe is going to be recovered, that's going to be the big question mark. But yeah, I think March, that, that's going to be it. Jones, you give Jones the winner of Curtis Blades and Derek Lewis. Okay. So you're going to give him Curtis Blades then? Yeah, you give him Curtis Blades. Unless Derek Lewis knocks him out, but yeah. So then you give him you give him Curtis Blades, and then you have why Curtis not Bl- uh, Rosenstrike? I mean, you could give him Rosenstrike, but I'm pretty sure Alistair wants that one. Oh really? I, uh, yeah. I don't know why Alistair would want that. Oh, I mean, I mean, he was they, winning the fight. But yeah, he was winning the fight, and it was like a last second shot, you know. I I don't know. I, I don't think in the second time that Alistair takes it. Yeah, I, I don't. I think his his chance has flown. It probably it probably has, especially considering his age too. I mean, but you know, Alistair's actually like he's four and one in his last five, with the, the Rosenstruck being the last one he lost. Yeah. 
But I mean, he's taken some big losses. Obviously, Stipe knocked him out, and Ganu knocked him out. Blades TKO'd him, and then Rosenstreich knocked him out. Or I don't know if I don't know. They called it a knockout, but I don't think he was knocked out. Yeah, it, it was a stoppage, right? You ended up hitting yeah. him, and then that was it. It was like the last second, like four seconds left. Yeah, I mean, the ref should have let him go there for the four seconds because maybe you know he could have survived those last four seconds and he would have won that fight. <laughs> but I mean, maybe that lip looks so bad that the ref was like, "We need to stop this." <sighs> yeah, but I mean, fuck, I'd feel so upset if like I lost a fight that I was winning in the last four seconds because the ref saw my lip. Like I'd be like, "Remove my lip <laughs> at that." I thought I thought you were going to say I would be so angry if I lost the, the last because of the last four seconds by getting knocked out. I'm like, is that right, Chang Sung Jung? <laughs> yeah, the fucking elbow from out of nowhere. Oh yeah, let's talk about uh, let's talk about uh Yair Rodriguez being suspended for six months because he's really bad at giving locations. Yeah, well, I don't know what that was about. I feel like that's a cover up for something. Yeah, so uh Chel Sonnen was saying something like it's a cover up for him being afraid to fight. I I mean he barely won against Chan Sung Jung, a fight that he was losing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then what was his last fight? I'm almost uh... thinking that was his last fight. No, Jeremy, there was the Chan Sung Jung, then two Jeremy Stevens fights. Oh, yeah, the first one was the, the no contest. Yeah. Yeah. And the second one was uh, was the decision, right? Yeah, he beat the decision. It's, he, he actually hurt Jeremy Stevens in that fight with the body, I think. Yeah, yeah. But that was his last fight. It was October 2019. Yeah. So it's been 14 months. I mean, we, we, for like the last six months, it was him and Zabit. They were lined up. They were lined up. It was made. Like that was supposed to be the one. Yeah, and he he doesn't seem to. I mean, he's went fourteen months. Again, like you were saying, in a time where fighters are chomping at the bit to get every fight possible and fight every few months, mm-hmm. he's let a lapse of fourteen months go already. Exactly. You know, unfortunately, this is also a game of what have you done for me lately? Yeah, you I mean, know. you're only as good as your last fight, mm-hmm. and. His last fight was a long time ago. It was a good fight, but yeah. it was a long time ago. Oh, yeah. No. And, uh, I mean, he's talented, but the problem is, is we don't know how talented he is because he won't let us he won't let us see it. But here's the thing is Calvin Cater's last fight was or his last uh, Zabit's last fight was Calvin Cater in 2019. Mm. November 9th, 2019. So it's been a long time for him, too. But it's not to his fault because he had that that he had that that fights lined up. Yeah, he had the August fight against Yair lined up, and yep. uh, Yair pulled out. And then in October, they were supposed to fight again. Yeah, and then Yair, that never happened. Then Yair got suspended. Yeah, so it's like, it's not, it's not, it's not Zabit's fault. It's not like he was, like, trying to be inactive. It just happened, like, okay, my guy that you matched me up with twice pulled out. Like, I was ready to go. It's not my fault that that guy can't text location, cannot send location now. Yeah, it says like his lot. You you saw to suspended him because he was failing to file his locations, which uh, he accrued a whereabouts failure in each of the first three quarters of 2020. I I mean. It's annoying to have to deal with that and do that, but other fighters do it. And it's your profession. It's your job, yeah. Yeah, you know what what that job entails. And like you can't you can't make the excuse of like I forgot because then you're surrounded by the wrong people. Right? Because people are supposed to tell you, "Hey, listen. <laughs> if you want to stay in the fight game on the biggest stage that there is, you need to do these things." But I, who knows? I don't know his inner circle. I don't know what's going on. I know he's been training at Alpha Male. So, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well, <clears throat> we'll we'll see. I mean, so he, or at least he could come back is what April? Mm-hmm. I think they retroactive it. Uh, they made it retroactive to like September or something. Okay. Yeah. So. It sucks, man. Yeah, I mean that that was a key person in 145 to watch. I never thought he was that good. 
I loved watching uh, Frankie, Frankie? Edgar just, oh, just yeah. put it on him. Oh, yeah. He just put it on him like Frankie yeah, does. I took a picture with Yair Rodriguez when he was kind of, went back in uh, the UFC Expo in, I think, 20. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember that when you went with Kevin. Nobody knew who Yair was. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I let him uppercut me. That's so funny, man. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's Yair is kind of dropping the ball there. I mean, all you have to do is report your whereabouts and it's send annoying, location. But... That's all you got to do. Just send location. Like that's your, so we know it's your job. Well, it's Jones fights who? I mean, we have Alistair, um, who's coming off of a win. You have Yair or Jairzinho coming off of a win. Derek Lewis and Blazer tied up. Volkov, he just lost, didn't he? Um, he did. Yeah, he lost. No, he just beat Walt Harris. That's right. He got him. Uh, what happened with Volkov and Curtis Blades? Did that fight never happen? Let's see. Um, I, yeah, that never happened. So, I mean, it could be, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, he lost to Curtis Blades and then he beat Walt Harris. So Volkov could be a good option too. Yeah. He's six, seven, 80 inch reach. I mean, that could be a good one for John Jones to go to the heavyweight. I mean, there's a lot of options for John Jones at the heavyweight. Yeah. I just think he needs to take one of those options. The guy's, the guy's naturally big anyways. So he just, he should just take a fight. He's going to take the right fight for him. Yeah. You know, if I was him, I I would start out with a Lear Latifi. Somebody that was like, I think Lear Latifi might be ranked. I don't know. I don't know, but he's um, still might be ranked, but he's a, he's a, a heavy wrestler with a very big overhand, right? And that's about it. Uh, Ilir's not even ranked anywhere in the UFC anymore. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did they kick him out? I think he's cut. He might be one of the cuts. Um, no, I think he got cut a while ago, actually. Oh, his last fight. So he's lost three. Ilir's lost three in a row. Corey Anderson, Vulcan, and then his move to heavyweight against Derek Lewis. He lost a decision in February, and that was the last fight. Yeah, he's a black belt in jujitsu. Is he? Oh no, I'm sorry. His brother. Oh, is. that's pretty funny. Mm. But yeah, I don't see. Is he a training partner of? Gustafsson? Hamzat? No, Hamzat? Yeah, he's also a training partner of Hamzat. They, they all they all train at the same place in Switzerland. Or Sweden. It's uh it's with Alexander Gustafsson, Jimmy Manawa, Ilir Latifi, uh mm. Hamzat. Yeah, <clears throat> I could I could see that, but John Jones has his pick, and I think any of them are really a good choice for him to move up to. <clears throat> I just hope it's not like Andre Arlovsky, <laughs> his own training partner. Yeah, or like Alexi Olenek. Like he's tenth, but he's nobody. We're calling out like a JDS. Yeah, just somebody that's on the downside of their career. That's that's what I'm hoping doesn't happen. I'm hoping he picks a good fight. Yeah, I mean, John has always been a, a, a competitor in every stretch of the imagination. He's up until the last few years, he's taken on anybody and everybody that was willing to put stand in front of him. Um, and he was very competitive about it. He's got that ego to him where he does believe he is the best. And because of that, he's going to fight anybody. You know, speaking of ego and talent and like competitive spirit, you know, we have to talk about the goat of all those things. Logan Paul. Oh, against Floyd. Money. Yeah. I mean, I wonder how much they're getting paid for that. Oh, he's he's getting bank. I mean, how much bank? Though? It's not going to be Conor McGregor bank. No, no, I don't think it's Conor McGregor bank, but he's still probably making. Probably it's an exhibition. Yeah, I think it's going to be. He's getting. He's getting. Well, no, probably double digit millions. I think Logan will probably get five, and Mayweather will probably get ten. No, Mayweather. Right. Mayweather get like seventy. No, I no Mayweather is not gonna 
he he's not going to want to put up that much effort. He's not going to probably train. He's probably <laughs> just going to be like, all right, give me 10. It's a, it'll, it's a $25 pay-per-view. Oh, cool. I'm, I'm in. As a tuner. Dude, hopefully yeah. they, they throw, like, what, imagine if they stack the undercard. And I think Snoop said he's going to commentate. Call, yeah. He, Snoop's like, look at the left hand from my nephew. Get him, Mayweather. <laughs> uh, I don't, I, I don't think he's, it's going to be that much, but I think, I think Mayweather's going to toy with Logan for a little bit. Yeah, he's like, I, I get that YouTube star. <laughs> I think he, I want to see Mayweather just like annihilate him like in the fourth round. Like, I just want to make him look dumb. <laughs> kind of like what he did with Connor in the, in the ninth or 10th. It was a 10th, but like for the first few rounds, I mean, obviously, because yeah. Mayweather was taking him off. We so. were like, whoa, okay. And then Mayweather, Maybe. all right, yeah. box. Yeah, then he was like, he was like, oh man, I, I know this guy's going to tire out quick. Yeah. Then he started uh, walking forward, and that was it. Uh, yeah. I think it goes the distance, but I think it's a, I think it's a, a punishing distance. Yeah. Like I think, uh, I think Mayweather just teaches them a lesson. I think so. I don't think he's going to like destroy them maybe right off. I'd like to, but I think he's just going to play with them for a bit and make it worth everyone's while for their money they paid. <laughs> yeah. And if, if, uh, if, if Paul goes down, then he's a bitch. <laughs> and I think Logan Paul is going to try and knock him out. As I say that behind my computer. <laughs> yeah. You're like, actually, he's, he's kind of a, a loser. Bitch. <laughs> Actually, he's I sloppy with the jab. <laughs> Why do you I say have, like that? I don't, I don't know. That's how I picture. Uh, it's how I picture myself speaking to somebody like that. <laughs> we can talk about the first few cards. January's cards are stacked. Yes, let's let's save that one because I got to get going. All right, we'll work on that one. The next one. Yes, yes. Do you mind if we wrap it up? Let's wrap it up. Let's I wrap it up. And then the next episode, guys, we are going to talk about January. We're going to talk about what happened in December 19th. Um, or do you want to do one before December 19th and talk about that card? Let's do one before and after because we got to recap 256. Let's do it. Yeah. All right, buddy. Cool, man. I appreciate that. Ladies and gentlemen, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys later. Have a good one. Take it easy. Later.